Good morning. Um, it's my great pleasure to welcome you to your own home. Um, so you're welcome. I know that home somewhere I've spent a lot of time this year. Now I'm, I'll admit, I'm very lucky. I work in a job where I can work from home. And so like, I haven't been into the office since March, which is a long time. And then outside of work, generally I've also spent a lot of time still at home because there's lots of events not happening, people aren't socialising, not everybody's comfortable to gather yet and so it's just become this thing where you stay at home more and what I've found is that as I've stayed at home, the days uh, as they turned into weeks and then, just, then they turned into months, like they've taken on this really unusual characteristic where the days themselves seem to drag on forever but the weeks themselves, they fly past and they've kind of blurred together. And so it seems really odd and slightly scary now that we're standing here starting our Advent series, which means that it's four Sundays until Christmas, which I kind of don't want to acknowledge yet um, because it's also like December, but it's also odd to me because the first Sunday of Advent, as Carmen said, is hope, which seems like a really strange topic at the moment, and I feel kind of like I was ripped off um, to get to get told that one. But it's all right. Because I think, for me, it almost feels like we're all just sitting in our own homes. We're just waiting for something. We're waiting for the next news report to come out. But the reports we're getting, they're not good news. There's what's happening with COVID then there's rising unemployment, there's political turmoil and leadership challenges, economic issues. It's not like positive stories. And then here in South Australia, we had a plan and everything was gonna be opened by Christmas, but then we've had a bit of a setback and an interruption to that plan. And so it makes it harder to be optimistic and to have hope about the future and Christmas and look forward to Christmas because we don't know what Christmas is gonna look like. Because rightly or wrongly, we've all collectively been looking forward to Christmas, I think. Whatever interruptions have happened this year, we've had this mindset of we'll still have Christmas and then 2020 will be over and we'll go back to normal. You know, it's the prevailing sense in the world that 2020 will finish, we've just got to make it through and then just magically COVID won't be a thing. People can go back to work if they're not working. Businesses will start making money again and everything will be back to normal and we'll be all good. Which to me sounds really, um, yeah. So this is where I think we as Christians and as believers, we need to look at how we define hope. Is it just this optimism or wishful thinking that the circumstances around us will get better? Circumstances which we have no control over or is our hope placed in God? We need to cultivate the biblical character trait of hope. Because hope is about waiting, but it's not just for circumstances to get better. If we look in the Bible in the Old Testament, their circumstances were also difficult. They had war, they had famine, they had pandemics, and they weren't rare events. And then they had prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah who weren't necessarily telling them good news. So <laughs> they were telling them that it was going to get worse before it got better. And yet they were still called to have hope. But they were called to have hope in the only thing that can't be touched by circumstances. And that's the character of a good God who has promised to rescue and restore his creation. So this Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, is all about hope. But I think it's also all about promise. So the traditional reading, which Carmen read earlier um, in Isaiah 9, says, 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So this is the promise of Advent, of looking forward to Christmas. The promise that was made to the Israelites was that Jesus is coming, their Messiah was coming, and the promise to us is that he will come again. Because then in Romans 8, Paul talks about how the resurrection of Jesus is the basis of our hope, that all creation will be liberated from the slavery of death and decay. Now, this is an incredible promise that we can stand on and trust in because of God's character and faithfulness. In Isaiah, God speaks to his people, and I'm sorry, I just loved the message version of this because it's fantastic. In Isaiah 49, 23, it says, Kings will be your babysitters. Princesses will be your nursemaids. They'll offer to do all your drudge work, scrub your floors, do your laundry. Um, if there's anybody who wants to uh, volunteer, that would be great. But then, then it gets serious because he says, you'll know then that I am God. No one who hopes in me ever regrets it. I love that line. No one who hopes in me ever regrets it. It's powerful because when we hope in God, when we put our trust in a trustworthy God, there's no way we will regret it. Because, you know, he's the God who in Malachi says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Because God has not failed us in the past. And therefore, if he promises he will do something in the future, we can have hope that he will fulfill that promise. Because he is the God of promises. He is the God who fulfills promises. It is God's past faithfulness that motivates our hope for the future. But what does this mean for us? Now, I do have to warn you that um, this is simple, but it's not easy. Because what hope requires is for us to get up each day and look out at a world that's filled with instability and sickness, and yet choose patient trust in God, knowing that things may not get better, that circumstances come and go, and so do pandemics, but God's character and his promises don't change. So then how do we actually choose to hope? How do we choose to trust in God? It's, again, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's by knowing his promises, by speaking those promises over ourselves, by responding to the circumstances in our lives with his promises. So what I want to do is I just want to read some of these promises over you. And this is just the starting off point, because you do have homework. You probably need to go uh, read your Bible and find out some more. But here are some good starting points, I think. So Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In John 16, verse 33. 
and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. Psalm 37, verses 23 to 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Isaiah 54, 10. Even if the mountains were to crumble and the hills disappear, my heart of steadfast, faithful love will never leave you, and my covenant of peace with you will never be shaken says Yahweh, whose love and compassion will never give up on you. Psalm 9, verse 9 to 10. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So I just want to encourage you to read your Bible. Heck, I mean, even if you just Google God's promises, you will find something. And what you need to do is you need to find some scripture. You need to find a promise that resonates with you, that speaks to your situation. And then when you come across a new situation, a new circumstance, instead of just being anxious about it, Turn back to the Bible, turn back to the promise and find another promise, find another scripture, find another time when God has promised that he will not leave you, that he is with you, that he is for you. Whatever it is, you need to find that. Because this hope we are called to have, it's not passive. It's an active hope. We have to seek it out. We have to deliberately turn our gaze from the world around us to the God from Deuteronomy 31 that says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Because when we put our trust in God's past faithfulness, it is what motivates us to have hope for the future. So in times like this, it is God's character and his promises that are the only source of enduring hope. And so that's how we know that the Christmas story, it isn't the beginning of hope, just because it's the fulfillment of the promise to deliver the Messiah. Because we've seen that in the Old Testament, it was and it is full of hope. The Israelites were waiting and hoping for their Messiah, someone to come and save them from their enemies and war and their sin. But when Jesus came as the delivered promise to give us hope, he came through a family tree that was full of people who were imperfect, who were hurting, who hurt other people, who did wrong things. He came from a small tribe, from a lowly city. He wasn't born in a palace surrounded by kings and the wealthy. He was born among the common shepherds and livestock in a barn. And this was to show us that nothing is too difficult, big, messy or dirty. That hope endures and it doesn't matter what the circumstances are because we can have hope and trust in the character of God and his promises. But in order to trust God, you have to know him. So I want to give an opportunity to meet with him, whether you've never known him or you're once close but are now far away. So if that's you and you need to know God and his character and his promises, there's a raise hand button in chat and one of our team would pray with you. But I just want us to all pray this together. God, 
I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So my hope, I guess pun intended, is that you would have a fresh understanding that hope is choosing to trust in the character of God despite the circumstances and know that it is His faithfulness that gives us hope. So I just want to end by praying Romans 15, 13 over you. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a great message, John.